Welcome back to the Grazia Life Advice podcast. Today we're with a designer, a director and actor who's recently released her first feature-length documentary celebrating the fashion icon Mary Quant. I am Sadie Frost. I'm this week's guest on the Grazia Life Advice podcast. We talk about the transformative power of yoga, something that's been incredibly important in Sadie's life. Since I've done it consistently like this, I actually haven't had any any kind of back problems or I haven't had any meltdowns even when things have been really stressful. It's just like a constant top-up. Sadie shares how she keeps stuff in perspective when dealing with life's trials and disappointments. If something's not going right with work or socially or whatever, I kind of think, well, you know what, the most important things are these things on this gratitude list. And actually none of the other stuff matters, you know. And the joys of leaving the party early to spend more time at home with her sausage dog. I've only really recently understood the full meaning of of being an introvert. I hope you enjoy hearing Sadie's six life tips. Hey Sadie, thank you so much for joining us today. It's really, really great to have you on the podcast. You're welcome. (laughs) Have you been um, in the midst of doing loads of this sort of stuff and promo for um, your Mary Quant film? Yeah, it's been, I mean, it's always like that. Everything seems to have happened at the same time. I had it was acting in a film called The Chelsea Cowboy and Quant came out in the last week or so but there's been there's just been one thing after another and lo- and lots of promo but um I've really enjoyed it but it's been quite intense. Yeah, a bit of a shock to the system after lockdown I imagine. Absolutely, but I I think tomorrow is my last Q&A and then I can kind of ease off. Yeah. So you've got some really good advice for us today which we'll be going through and I think from having looked at at your advice a lot of it is stuff that maybe helps at times of like great stress and busyness things that it seems are ways that you can just keep your mind focused and relaxed and calm and try and just get through the muddle of life however best you can. So Sadie, your first piece of good advice for us is to keep a yoga mat by the bed. Can you tell me a bit about your yoga practice um, and what it means to you when you do it and the challenges that you've you've maybe faced with it? I think when I first started doing yoga, it was kind of, you know, something I scheduled and I went to a class a few times a week and stayed the classes an hour and a half and then you're going to the class coming um back from the class and it, and it's like a three three hour thing so I started doing more and more self-practice and I and, and what I try to do is keep my yoga mat out because as work has been um, so very busy for quite a while and I do get up early to find the time to practice and 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 try and meditate as well I sometimes only maybe do 20 minutes a day but it's every day <clears throat> it's consistent and if I have the yoga mat by the bed or, or close to, you know, you know, where I'm kind of, you know, operating, you know, for me at the moment, actually, it, it, it's my, my, it's kind of in my bathroom, which is next to my bedroom. So it, there's quite a kind of empty space there. And by having the yoga mat there, I just remind myself that, you know, to do a, a gentle flow or, or to stretch or to open my, you know, heart chakra up and, and kind of work on my posture is all going to help me with whatever I'm doing that day, you know, sometimes we, we're sitting on a computer for far too long or rushing around, getting on and off the tube. And since I've done it consistently like this, I actually haven't had any any kind of back problems or I haven't had any meltdowns, even when things have been really stressful. It's just like 
a constant top up. So for me, it is about little and often. And then every now and again, I'll try and do an hour or two. But I think having it, so not because if you roll up your mat or you put your gym stuff away, you forget about it. So it's nice to have things out that are a reminder. And if you get a really lovely yoga mat that's a nice color, a nice pattern, it's not like intrusive. It looks really beautiful. And for me, it's just part of my room now and, and part of my life. I love that. It feels so much more integrated into just your everyday life rather than having to be this big elaborate ritual that you have to get dressed for and go out somewhere to and devote a big period of life. I think just being able to work movement into your daily life is probably so important and so healthy. 100%. I think every anybody who finds it hard to get motivated, I just think by having it there, you it won't just sit there. You'll, you'll definitely do far more things that are going to be helpful for your body and and keep you moving and make you feel much better. Mm. Do you follow a particular yogi or instructor or do you um, just do your own thing? I mainly do my own thing now. I mean, I have, um, I, I mix in kind of a bit of Kundalini. You know, you're doing a lot of kind of intense breathing and twisting quite fast, but then with quite gentle movements as well. I mean, I love going to classes, but it just doesn't, you know, sometimes I can't find three hours spare to actually go to, um, you know, a class more than, you know, mm. yeah, a couple of times a week. Is yoga your main form of exercise now? I like different things. At the moment, I've, I've really got a combination of different things. And I'm, I, I do trapeze um, once a week. Um, I studied years ago and then I stopped for a while, well, quite a while, and I've gone back to it and it's really difficult. I've got an amazing teacher so it's called Circus Glory and, and you can do all kinds of courses and things. And, and, and that's really hard with stomach, um, like sit-ups you do and, and then the upper body strength and pulling yourself up onto the trapezes. It, when people watch it and it looks like it's easy, it is what the hardest form of exercise. Yeah, that sounds great. And also like not that sort of horrible punishing exercise that actually stops being enjoyable. Yeah, no, I think it's, it's good to keep it fun, do different things. I, I can get very bored and frustrated easily so I think mixing it up and, and having different teachers for different things as well makes it always very exciting but if I, if I was doing the same thing three or four times a week I, I think I'd get bored totally yeah um Sadie what's your second piece of life advice I um someone suggested to me when I was going through a difficult time you know whether it's work or relationship problems or someone that's kind of like a friendship or something that's kind of having a bit of a conflict to get a god box so I kind of and I made a lot of my friends them for Christmas presents last year and you get a box and in it and it's you kind of call it a god box but it could be any any you know like your kind of higher power or a spiritual place and when you're going through you know some kind of miscommunication or something's kind of been handed to you that you think is unfair or you know any it could be anything I write it down on a piece of paper and I put it in this box and then I kind of, I, I'm like handing it over because there's nothing I can do. There's no point in me getting hugely stressed and upset and reactive. But by putting it in the box and handing it over and I'm trying to hand it over in a loving way rather than be like, for instance, my builders right now and like we're all having these things where there's been damp in my house and it's been four months of, of like, you know, things going wrong rather than just you know, reacting and screaming and shouting. I put it, I write it down, I put it in my God box and I hand it over. And it's a really weird feeling. You just kind of pass it, pass it over and it, and it really helps 
with with stress and 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 I a lot of my friends really use this technique now um and you know have this kind of ability to use these practices and it's about you know self-care and not taking on the world and not trying to control things not trying to control people and once you kind of do that you just seem to enjoy your life a lot more so when you say um hand it over is that in a spiritual sense you put it in the box and you're sort of handing it over to the universe to take care of for the universe to take over like there's certain so say for instance I had this job and I was about to do it and all of a sudden it gets cancelled at the last minute um if I didn't hand it over and I started screaming and shouting and getting upset and making a big drama and feeling really um upset by it um you know that could just take up so much time energy it's not going to achieve anything but by me putting it in the box you never know what's going to happen. So sometimes I hand it over and then five hours later and I haven't reacted and wasted all that time, something else has happened and, and the whole outcome has been completely different and for the better. So sometimes it's just about waiting for the outcome that the universe has for you and and, and, and trying to accept that and, and kind of move on and make it a positive experience. And, you know, it, it can be sometimes like really difficult things, like a really awful thing with your health or something with a family member or or a friend passing but even in those circumstances when it's something of of a higher degree it can really help so do you write um what's happened and how you feel about it or do you do you just keep it quite straightforward in terms of like what you actually put in the box I mean I can just say um because it's interesting, actually, when you go back to read some of the things you, you you that really at that time your blood was boiling and really meant so much to you. You read it and you think, oh, my God, I can't believe I even gave that, you know, time in my day. You know, I, I kind of use God as a I, I do kind of pray to my higher power and I'll say, please, could you take away these these intense feelings and please can I hand it over to you? And such and such things been happening. And I would love you to shed some light. And it, and it's just a way of transferring negative energy to make it something positive. Mm, I love that. And I, I also love the idea of opening up this box of feelings like at a later date and reading them, like reading an old diary. And as you say, yeah. just the the powers taken out of those those feelings when you go back to them. And I think that's yeah. such a great lesson. Um, your third piece of life advice is to make a gratitude list everybody loves a good moan there are a lot of negative things out there and it, and if you practice positivity and you practice concentrating on the positive things you know you can really change your outlook and then you are attracting more positive things so i could be thinking of all the things wake up in the morning all the things that i don't have all the things that are upsetting to me being very self-centered being very um only concerned with my point of view and that kind of goes on and has a ripple effect, you know, through your whole day and time and personality. And I think by, you know, really sitting down and kind of going, you know, what am I grateful? I'm grateful for that I'm alive today, that I'm healthy, that I have loving family, loving friends. And then, you know, the the, the thing that was maybe getting you down, like like this little kind of gripes we get like so and so, you know, ridiculous. So and so didn't text me back. Why they don't care, you know, all those kind of things like that, or it could be even bigger or whatever. But but it a gratitude list will just put things in perspective and you just think those little things, like for me, 
as I've got older, yes, I've been ambitious and I've, and I've liked doing a lot of the things I've done and I've been given great opportunities. But I really am just grateful for the smaller things now, like cooking for my, ch my children who are all grown up, really appreciating that. Not making things um, like a chore, but like really kind of being present. And, you know, things that I appreciate now are like, you know, parks and beautiful flowers and books and things that give you kind of rich feelings of kind of being connected to nature and the world. And and, and then the, so the other things that if if something's not going right with work or socially or whatever, I kind of think, well, you know what, the most important things are the, these things on this gratitude list. And actually none of the other stuff matters, you know. And again, it gives you a huge, it just gives you huge, puts everything into context and makes you much happier. And especially when you're having a really bad day, to do a gratitude list will really put things in perspective. Mm. I can imagine it's the last thing you feel like you want to do in that moment of like anger or frustration with a day. But actually, I can imagine it being quite transformative as well, just the very act of writing it and yeah. just connecting to those good feelings. We're just going to jump to a quick break, but we'll be right back. And we're back with Sadie Frost, who has been sharing her life advice with us. Now, Sadie, your fourth piece of life advice is don't eat anything with a face or anything that has a mother. Have you <laughs> always been a vegetarian slash vegan or is this a, a later life discovery? Um, no, I've always been a vegetarian. I've never eaten meat or fish. It's defined me hugely as a person and... And I think it, it came about for many reasons. I think my mum, when I was very young, tried to um, give me meat or fish and I didn't like the taste. I, I knew very early on that what meat and fish was and that they were animals and I was an animal lover, right? Like most children right from the beginning. And I would be um, very angry from a very early age with any kind of walking past the butchers, seeing animals hanging up, you know, that have been killed seeing people eat it and, it and I was very like argumentative as a child with family members that ate meat and um, my mum then became vegetarian when I was um, about nine and I you know then it was great because I had food in the house that was vegetarian that was cooked vegetarian and and then I brought up all my children vegetarian I've never understood how somebody could hurt an animal I love animals how like there's so many things posted on Instagram right now where like you see the pain and suffering of animals. I, I don't want anybody, anything to suffer. And I don't believe some people kind of um, squash the, this kind of thing by saying, you know, they don't have emotions, they don't have feelings, they're stupid. Well, they're not. You know, you see how much they love their family, you know, their, their children and how they get so upset, how they smell fear when they're going to be slaughtered. I can eat really well and healthily and eat, you know, the best possible diet without eating any meat or fish and not having any animal suffer and now you know now we, we more than ever um told about the environment the effects it has on the environment and you know rainforests and forests and things that are affected in land um to 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 um for agriculture and, and animals and and it's just like it just seems like it it could just help the planet so much if people were either vegetarian or they they cut down and um the statistics are huge so i i just feel like anything that has a mother is a being and and plant-based food is 
delicious. Yeah. And, you know, we're all we're all becoming much more accustomed to it. So I'm very happy. Mm, I've been a lifelong vegetarian myself as well, actually. Wonderful. Just and I, my parents didn't um, necessarily raise me. It was just like an instinct. I just yeah. didn't want to eat meat. And um, I've just found it quite amusing because growing up in London in like the 80s and 90s, just always being the vegetarian and having like the raw deal in restaurants, nothing to order, having to wait ages for your food, being like the odd one out. And now like just the explosion of vegetarian vegan food and how cool it's become. I can't help thinking, uh, maybe you have this too, as like the lifelong vegetarian. Yes, it's great that everyone else is like embracing it now, but it's like, where were you in 1995 when all I had was a bean burger? There was um, one kind of, there was a couple of health food shops when I was growing up and you know, luckily my mum and my stepfather did cook, you know, nice stuff when when they, eventually they were vegetarians, but there was one thing called a, it was called Soso Mix. It was a paste. Oh, I remember that, the powder. The powder. Yeah. And you rolled and, it up. Yeah, and that's what we lived off. And they don't make it anymore. And it was like the only product. There was nothing else. And then places like Pools Tofu started. But now there is more very variation. But it, but it has it is um it is odd that yeah it, it's like it, like things become fashionable and a fad and and well I hope people stick to it and and I hope more and more people cultures really embrace being vegetarian because I know it is a cultural thing as well. Mm. But, um, you know, it's a win-win-win situation if, if people are vegetarian. On the subject of food and drink, your fifth piece of life advice is an interesting one. Would you share it with us? So um, it's, it's so confusing, I think, with people telling you, well, there's so many things and, and lotions and potions and powders and vitamins that we can all be taking. And I, I get very overwhelmed by it and I, you know, I don't know if I completely agree with a lot of um, vitamin taking because I think I don't know how much you absorb and I don't know how much, but it's incredibly expensive for one. And, and, and um, yeah, there's just so many um, to be taking. I don't want to be rattling around, but I think if there's certain things and, and you know, food is um, a really good healer, but apple cider vinegar is incredible for your metabolism and to ward off colds. So for me in the morning, when I have my cup of tea before I do anything is I have some um, apple cider vinegar with some warm water and, you know, sometimes squeeze uh, a lemon and, and some ginger in it. And it just feels like it wards away the colds and it, it is, um, tr- you know, uh, giving my metabolism a little um, kind of kick into action. And, um, you know, I think it's good for, they say it's good for, you know, excess, like building kind of excess fat on organs and things like that. So I think it's just a really, you know, I can't, I can't, I don't have the time and and everything to kind of resources to be taking 25 vitamins. But for me, there's like a couple of things that I, I can do, you know. Quite easy. Does it taste disgusting though? It, you know what? I mean, people will sometimes get, get um, the pills of it, but I, I do the, I mean, it doesn't taste the best thing, but I think, but I do use it on food. So if I'm making a salad, I put apple mm. cider vinegar on it, all my food, like salads, avocado. I love the taste of it on food. I like doing things in the morning as well because you feel like it sets you... It's just like psychologically it sets you up for the day. Like I'm, I like yeah. having like good morning rituals. I feel like then you've started the day in, in a exactly. positive way. It starts your day in a positive day. And if you like the night before you've eaten loads of chocolate or something or oh yeah, went out and had a pizza or whatever, you, you just feel like, okay, I'm starting again, apple cider vinegar, and it gets the whole metabolism <laughs> going and good for your digestive system. Yeah. 
Sadie, your final piece of good advice is um, that nothing good happens after midnight. Now, is this true? I think after years of trying both both sides of going to bed like at nine or ten or, or trying to you know stay up a bit later, I am so much happier when I go to bed before midnight. I like to you know sometimes go out when the, I think the funny thing about lockdown and everything was like I started eating earlier like at six o'clock and then you know and then so now it's like I'll meet a friend for dinner and then you finish at eight and then I like to get home at nine or ten but you know like say for instance if, if when you're in Europe people go out for dinner at ten. Oh yeah. And then you might not finish dinner till 12 and then your after dinner drinks and then, you know, you, and then I'm just tired all the next day. And I like getting up really early that I my I'm a real morning person. And what time do you get up between five and six every day? Um, I, I don't really have I haven't had any late nights for months. And in the summer when I was on holiday and a lot of friends, parties or get togethers didn't start till late I, I I just didn't like it and I always I'm, I'm probably quite boring and I just learned finally to go I I don't actually like it so I would leave early oh, and then, then after you know, my own heart I'm so yeah, with you on this I would just sneak out and I feel uncomfortable sneaking out but you know what as soon as I got in bed and then got up in the morning and went swimming or went to the gym or mm. you know did something really positive and I just like being around really positive things. And I, you know, I'm not saying nightlife is sleazy, but I just, it's just not my bag anymore. It's not my thing. It's like, I don't. And then usually I would go to bed early and then usually next day I'd be like, oh, so-and-so, that person, did you hear that happened to them? And they fell over and then they, <laughs> they, you know, they had too many drinks. They fell off a ledge and I'm like, oh my God, or this person had an argument. I'm like, you know, just chaos. There's a there's a point, isn't there, in a in a night out that a night can shift. Yeah, there's that sudden shift, and it's chaotic. Yeah, and people start arguing. I really uh, like um, just knowing I'm I'm like at home with my little sausage dog. A lot of the time, my two sons are at home, and it's just nice to know that we're all home safe. Yeah, I think so many people can just feel like socializing is such a duty and you have to do it and you have to show up mm. and you have to be there till the end. Um, and just that recognition that like, I'm an adult, I don't have to do anything I no. don't want to do is so great, I think. I think that's the key is like thinking, I don't have to do anything I, I don't want to do this. I wrote, I've only really recently understood the full meaning of, of being an introvert Mm -hmm. And even though, you know, I was watching a documentary about Freddie Mercury and how he created this persona, you know, which was his stage. And then actually he was an introvert and all, you know, people that like spending time on their own. And I do like spending time on my own. I love people. I'm a real, you know, communicator and, and connector. But I don't want to be doing the small talk over bottles of wine mm. because it just doesn't serve me and I don't enjoy it. And actually it just feels like a performance a lot of the time, doesn't it? Which yeah. is essentially work. Exactly. I totally get that. Um, finally, then, your piece of bad advice. So something that someone's told you that you maybe realise now didn't serve you or was just a terrible thing to have ever told you. Could you share that with us? So when I had my kids, it was that whole kind of thing when it was like, put your babies, um, don't let them sleep in your bed and put them <clears throat> put them to bed in, in their own room and let them cry, cry themselves to sleep. Um, I just don't agree with that for me 
I don't want any any you know if a child's crying it's it's scared and feeling alone and I think it just creates a kind of insecurity so for me I used to get in so much trouble because my kids all slept in my bed till I was about well till they were about five or till they because the continuum concept and things like that say that the baby you know a child should sleep with you until it actually wants to is ready to go Mm. and um, so I thought it was really bad advice when people would kind of try and you know you know not force me but kind of really make me feel bad that I liked to go you know the the kids be in my bed and I I would never let them cry themselves to sleep I totally agree with you I've done the same with my daughter like my wife and I just feel like it would be just like we just wouldn't be able to do it to leave her to cry and probably we were in some ways like making our lives more difficult for ourselves by just not ever just leaving her to cry but just instinct was like this isn't okay she needs something and we need to get babies and and then they have the fear of being in the dark and being abandoned and being left I can remember feelings of you know real kind of moments of fear as a child and you know once you have that kind of stuff it it must instill itself as a a kind of traumatic experience that you just don't know where it's gonna go to and of course children have to learn certain things but you know it just seems so mean so callous to let yeah I guess the thing with parenting is like you've just got to do what you what works for you I'm sure there's people listening to this who are like at the end of their tether and are trying the let your kid cry method and I don't think either of us are saying like that's wrong or you shouldn't do that but I think it's often it it's often the other way around you're often sort of really advised to be cruel to be kind um and so personally I just advise like really following your instinct definitely about your instinct and yeah I would never tell anybody what to do well Sadie it's been a real pleasure talking to you um funnily enough so much of what you said has resonated personally with Mm me um and I really do um apart from the side of vinegar which I'm not sure yeah actually I do take Simprove which is pretty disgusting so I'm sure I could manage side of it yeah have a little go and see how you feel it's probably a lot cheaper than taking Simprove but yeah it's been brilliant talking to you and best of luck with the film and everything else that you're doing at the moment and take care of yourself Thank you. I really enjoyed it. It was great to speak to Sadie Frost and her documentary film, Quant, is out now.